Hello, I am Katerina Sliva. I am a partner at Dentons in the Real Estate Group. I am also the head of our Land Use Planning, Municipal and Development Law Group. I help our developer and landowner clients secure zoning and other development approvals for their projects. I am the lead of our Canada Smart Cities Think Tank. I am also your host for the Smart Cities Chat Podcast Series, brought to you by Dentons. This podcast series covers a broad range of topics within the Smart Cities space. Everything from drones, communication, 5G, privacy and related issues, P3s, transportation and smart mobility, sustainable, smart communities, and much, much more. You can find our episodes at www.dentons.com on our podcast page. There you can access our episodes as well as an episode description for each topic and information on our speakers. And now over to our podcast. Hello and welcome to Larry Williams, who's joining us today. Uh, Larry is president and CEO of the Technology Association of Georgia, or TAG. Um, And Larry brings more than 25 years of experience in global branding, international trade and finance, public and industrial policy, and administration and management to TAG. As the former president and CEO of the Beacon Council, Miami-Dade Council's official economic development partnership, Larry helped facilitate local, national, and international business growth and expansion programs. Under Larry's leadership, the Beacon Council created and executed a new economic development framework to help the area grow and secure investments in today's innovation economy. This resulted in $687 million in new investment, 119 company relocations and expansions, and more than 4,500 new jobs. From 2011 to 2014, Larry has helped shape the vision for Atlanta's tech sector as Vice President of Technology Development at the Metro Atlanta Chamber. He provided leadership and direction to the Chamber's Mobility Task Force, positioning Atlanta as a global hub of mobile technology and the Technology Leadership Council. Welcome, Larry. We are thrilled to have you join the podcast today. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. Uh, Larry, why don't we start by you telling us what is the digital divide and how does it impact smart cities? Sure, Kat. You know, it's such an interesting topic and it it is very timely that we're having these conversations around the digital divide. At the core, the digital divide is about access to broadband and access to the internet. And the divide is that there are a lot of regions within our country, within the world, within a city, within a state that don't have an, have equitable access or even any access um, to broadband or to the internet. Um, you know, we often think about this in, a, in sort of a rural versus urban context, but it's important that we point out that it is a rural issue, but there are lots of areas within an urban setting as well that don't have great access to high-speed broadband. That is a really great point, Larry, and um, I certainly can appreciate that in the context in the greater Toronto area in Ontario and Canada, where we primarily think of it as a rural uh, versus urban or sort of cottage country um, problem, but certainly certainly not solely the case. Uh, What are some of the key challenges, Larry, in bringing the digital divide or bridging the digital divide between urban and rural cities? Well, you know, a lot of it actually, you know, comes down to cost. How do we actually deploy these type of technology and this infrastructure into areas? 
most of the model, the economic and the financial model today is driven on density. So how many subscribers can a company get? Um, so if you have the density, obviously, then you have the population and the financial uh, situation work. Um, so the challenge is how do you create models to less dense areas or areas that aren't as prosperous as far as the, you know, the, the financial mean of the people that live in those areas to make it affordable to deploy the type of infrastructure that we need. Um, the good news is that some of the technologies that are coming out are making it more accessible. Um, so not only can we continue to think about you know, hardwired infrastructure that goes into the ground or onto cables and poles and that goes into people's houses, but uh, some of the wireless technologies are getting much more efficient, uh, much more uh, much more able to be able to deliver the speeds that we like and uh, much more affordable. So I'd love to hear more about those um, solutions, Larry, but before I ask you or get into that, in your observation, how does and, and does the digital divide exacerbate or add to other um, sort of divides within uh, society, within, I guess, even the urban setting? Yeah, by all means. I mean, if we think about, you know, broadband today, you know, just even what we're doing with this podcast, uh, Kat, I mean, this is how we often interact, interact with a lot of things and services that help us. And so, you know, we can think about, you know, not only connecting with, you know, family and friends, but this is a lot of how we deliver education. And there are a lot of efficiencies in education that can help people, obviously, better themselves, become prepared for other careers, um, but also how they can continue to get certified and advanced in uh, continuous learning and access some things that they wouldn't be able to access as well. So access to education is absolutely critical. But today and age, this is how we're accessing a lot of medical services. You know, how can we, if you're in an area and, you know, it, and it can be very hard to get in a car and uh, drive somewhere, um, this provides a lot of efficiencies and a lot of great medical care. And we've come a long way in being able to deliver medical services and consultations uh, online. Other part is there's great opportunities for entrepreneurs to get online and to create companies. And again, uh, better themselves and create, um, you, know, you know, implement great ideas for companies that are online, um, whether it be shops as well as consulting services and others. So this connectivity really does touch every part of our lives today. And so it's our social, it's our family, it's our education, and it's our business, as well as our health. And I think this is incredibly important for us to think about all of not only uh, the opportunities, some, you know, some of us, as I sit here with plenty of broadband coming into to, um, to my house, I can do all of these things and I do them every day. And we shouldn't take it for granted that everyone has an equal access to this. There's one other point that I'd like to add to this, and that is uh, financial equity. You know, people, you know, um, it's often very expensive to be poor. And what that means is really, you know, the people that um, um, have less financial means, they tend to get the, you know, the least favorable interest rates, least availability of getting a credit card, which we take for granted. I say, I sit here, if I want to make a purchase on one of the online shopping, I just do it. 
Um, but people that don't have access to this, they're also the people that it costs not only money, but it costs time. They're the ones who have to go to a shop and pay a bill. They have to go to a store and, um, you know, or pay their utility bills in person. And so it costs them not only um, um, the, the time to actually do the travel where they could be working, but it also costs them the time to take a taxi or get on a bus. So these are things that really this digital divide um, or the opportunity is to close that digital divide so people have more equitable access to a lot of these services and opportunities. Certainly a really great overview, Larry, um, and, and made me think about how many times and how many things I do a day that I take for granted in that overview and, and you know, just how much um, it touches everything that we do. I was thinking about even my, my children's teachers um, all of last year. You met them online for the most part, right? Um, well, and, and that makes me think and make the next question, Larry, which is what is the role of our governments, whether it's local government or uh, different levels of government here in Canada, provincial, federal, uh, similarly in the U.S., uh, state and federal, um, and the telecommunication companies in advancing uh, important initiatives and in, in bridging some of these uh, gaps, uh, both in rural and, and urban communities. Yeah, well, one, I just, you know, on the previous, just one more comment, you know, as we think about things, you know, the pandemic certainly accelerated and, and even forced our hand to go online and do a lot of these things. You mentioned Very meeting teachers so. and things like that. You know, and listen, I am all in favor of being in person, but I also see the efficiencies of being able to do things online. And so there is some benefits there. I don't think that we're rolling things back. Um, I think health services is a great example. This really accelerated our ability to, um, to uh, get uh, health care without you know, overcrowding, over, already overcrowded hospitals and other things. And what was interesting about that, and this will segue into the role of government is, you know, the technology has been there. It was policy that was, that was preventing us from accessing a lot of these services online. So as these policies have switched, the technology is able to come in and actually help fill a void. So as I think about, you know, your more direct question, um, is, um, you know, the direct question, what is the role? Well, I think, really, I think to achieve this, in my opinion, the best way to do this is through a public-private partnership. This is gonna be very important. So the roles of local as well as state and federal government is to really think about good policies and good funding about how we can partner together. One, um, you know, if it's driven by private sector, I mentioned density before, what the traditional, um, um, financial model is, our private companies are willing to make an investment and they're willing to think about it long-term as well. Uh, but I think there's certain things that we have to do uh, from the public sector in providing both funding and expertise and access um, to uh, infrastructures and right-of-ways and others for companies to be able to come in here, install the infrastructure, the broadband, and then also be able to come over and actually you deliver the services in long term. So, for example, um, we have been advocating for rural broadband and broadband to um, less served areas for many, many years. And I'm very proud that the governor of the state of Georgia just announced $455 million of investment uh, that would be going out to 28 uh, counties throughout Georgia. 
Now, most of these investments are being made through other companies. It's some of the major, you know, AT&T. It's being done through Comcast. It's been done through the electric, uh, um, the electrical municipality uh, communities, their local electric grid, uh, grids. So these things are all important about how we create um, a great partnership um, so that the government isn't always standing up and actually trying to deliver the service, but relying on the private sector partners and helping them invest in the infrastructure so it makes sense for this for them to deliver the services long term. Congratulations. That's certainly a great accomplishment in moving things forward. Uh, wonderful to hear. Uh, what impact, Larry, will improved connectivity in rural communities have, in your opinion, on smart cities? Well, one, it'll allow them to be smart because you got to have that basic infrastructure to be able to actually have the overlay of the different uh, types of um, services and functionality that smart cities bring. So smart cities, um, again, it's at the core, but we've got to think about you know, whether we'll be thinking about more enhanced and more efficient traffic lights, um, the sensors that are available uh, have to be able to have that connectivity and to be a smart city. You know, those sensors also go into um, better uh, reactions from our emergency management systems, whether it be um, uh, for our fire, as well as police, uh, being able to really utilize these types of services, being smart in how uh, we deploy government. Government services are extremely, extremely important for people to access, and being able to do an online version of that is extremely important for those efficiencies as well. So these things are all important, and then it just goes back to a lot of things that I've already mentioned, access to education, um, access uh, to health care. All of these things are extremely important in what makes a smart city really come together. And, and Larry, are you, you mentioned the funding um, success that you had um, more recently. Are there any projects that you're currently involved in that are not of a confidential nature uh, where you've, you've seen these significant strides uh, being made and bridging, bridging the digital divide that you could talk about with us? Yeah, well, I think I can certainly speak in general. I mean, what we're really doing is really what are, what are more uh, opportunities that we have. I mentioned 28 counties. Um, you know, that's, you know, about, you know, less than a third of the counties that are in the state of Georgia alone. But a lot of these things are going to serve as examples for other parts, not only other parts of Georgia, but across the country and in, uh, and in other countries as well. So we're always trying to take what we see is, is working best throughout the world and bring it back here, but also how we can influence and share what we're learning. Um, so I think there's a lot of it. So, it was a, so a lot of it is around the build infrastructure. So laying fiber optic cable, making sure that we have the connectivity, being smart about the, the last mile, so to speak, as we say, where can we continue to use lower, um, lower investments to be able to get that to the houses, but also where is it, is it where, when does it, uh, not make sense to be able to put in all of this hard infrastructure. Um, satellite technologies, wireless technologies are making great leaps and uh, great and more efficiencies. And we'll be looking at how we can continue to make those and working with our companies and our innovation people, people that are thinking about the next generation of innovation. How can we incorporate these technologies as they're uh, tried and proven to be able to help fill the gap and provide some great solutions 
uh, for our for those underserved areas, whether they be rural or urban. And Larry, are, are you familiar with um, specific businesses or companies that may be moving the line um, to bridge the gap in the digital divide in, in, uh, in your state or otherwise? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, a lot of the large companies that are already in the space as well, they're very much um, uh, committed to this. So a lot of these grants, they're matching a lot of the effort, either in kind or through uh, direct dollars. So again, I think, you know, AT&T, Verizon, um, uh, Comcast are all people that are that are um, that are doing this, but they're also you know cooperatives like electrical, you know the smaller electrical, and even our other utilities that have access to right-of-ways that are really helping with the deployment of this type of technology, and because they are already in in everyone's house, right? So as I think about it, and as we think about it moving forward, as we really build out this infrastructure. We're going to see broadband be equivalent to, you know, electricity and and, and water in people's houses. It's got to be ubiquitous, and it's going to be, um, you know, access to everyone. Certainly, and and thank you so much, Larry, for your thoughts on this and for your time. Um, it was a refreshing um, chat. Um, we really appreciated having you on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to future collaboration. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kat. I enjoyed the conversation. Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take and refrain from taking action based on its contents. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices. Speakers from this podcast episode and any other professional in our group will be pleased to speak with you on today's topic or any other topic related to smart cities. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for other episodes in our Smart Cities Chat podcast series.